songs. Three songs. Three songs. Three songs. Three songs. It's three songs. Hey y'all, it's episode 47, December 3rd, 2018. I'm Mike Hogan here with Bob Nastanovich. Welcome, Bob. Yeah, it's good to be here, yeah. It's, yeah. it's uh, kind of a deadbeat Saturday night here in this filthy old town. How's your filthy old town? Ah, it's, you know, it's quiet enough in the Forest Hills portion of it. I'm sure there's a lot of happening stuff going on. Uh, very, miles away, within yes, miles. Within, within uh, yeah. A short I bus can, ride. I can honestly say that um, within ten miles of here, there's some stuff going on. Yeah, but uh, you know, not anywhere near the uh, cultural breadth <laughs> of the city, like <laughs> the grand old city of New York City. Yeah, well, uh, you know, yeah, uh, I'm I'm missing like all. A, of it. That's okay. I saw a movie recently called Molly's Game. Have you ever did you hear about anything about that? No, tell me. It's like a woman that was a, like a really good um, snowboarder. She just missed making the Olympic team, and so then she kind of quit sports and she moved to LA and she was just kind of looking for a job. And then she was an office assistant for some guy that was like apparently kind of an, a jerk, and but he had some sort of high dollar poker game, and she built her experience around hosting this poker game into a really sort of incredible thing. She was she was running a, a, a private high-dollar poker game in L.A., and then when she got sort of done in there, she moved to New York, and then she got in a lot of trouble. <clears throat> and um, it was a really intriguing story, definitely from the last 10 years, but um, entertaining movie. Um, I'm not really good at remembering movie stars, but some famous people were in it. Okay, I'll, I'll keep so, an eye out for it. Whatever that means, but um, uh, that might be the first movie review we've done. We've done 46 episodes. No, nah, I think I saw like. Um, yeah, maybe I, you. Maybe yeah, you did mention three billboards. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Which okay. has been the subject of some controversy. Yeah. I haven't um, thought I'd seen it, but yeah. All yeah, right, yeah well, whatever. You're not missing a whole lot. Let's. Uh, Let's let's play some music and let's let's remind folks. It's been a few shows since we've remind fo- reminded folks what the premise is. The premise is, of course, I bring three songs that you probably that I'm thinking you haven't heard but will like, and you bring three songs th- that maybe I haven't heard and and you want to talk about. So it's you know it's like we share a beer, we share some music. Well, you know, I'm always surprised by. Um, the low percentage of songs that you play that I would have heard, which is pretty low, and I'd say that you you generally have heard of like about forty percent, if I had to guess. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Well, and you maybe know, not the specific song, but very right. rarely do do either of us play a song that we both are very familiar with, unless we're doing something like the Minutemen tribute show or the Boston right. show, where right. you're going into it. There's a certain amount of preparation, right. and um, that's true. Yeah, so That's we've true. done a few of those, but n- uh, normally things are pretty random selections, and the choices are really not made, especially in your case, until about a minute before we go on air. <laughs> it's true. I have I have kind of a rotating list of songs that I know I want to play at some point, and, and sometimes I... Uh, Depending upon what you throw at me, I, I call audibles. So I just think you're a second. You're more of a laid back guy. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, yeah, it's more relaxed. I, I'm you know? I'm laid back in some things, and I'm very planned out in other things. So uh, when, it come, when it comes to podcasting, yes. In, in this, now, when you did a horse racing podcast, you would have had to have done a certain amount of preparation, right? Yeah, to, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and you know, you know, Jen, but but even uh, I think. Without getting too philosophical about what I think people want to hear, I, I, at least for me, it's more interesting if it's less scripted. And I like I don't know you're going to talk about movies, and you know I don't know where things are going to go. I know we're going to play some songs, and we're going to talk about them, but I don't have it. I don't have a list of points that I want to hit 
uh, and I think it keeps the discussion fresh. So, well, let's hope so, for God's sakes. I mean, you know, we we want to. The, the whole point is is to at least have it be mildly entertaining, and I think this first song would definitely be to to any listeners the most familiar song that we're going to play tonight. It's a band that I think just about everybody's heard of that listens to indie rock or college rock or rock in general. They're a pretty famous band, although they didn't make an album from 1991 till 2013. There was a running joke with my buddy Valentine um, with, you know, when's their fourth album coming out? (laughs) And, uh, but this is off uh, their most accessible album and, an album that sort of led everyone to believe in 1991 that they were just kind of going to take over underground rock in a lot of ways because they were making an incredible impact with their wildly sonic, uh, almost blindingly loud live shows, uh, which I saw three of. Yeah, And um, this is a song that kind of... It shows their mellower side in a way, although you can hear the the sonic sheets. This is a Loveless by my my buddy Valentine. Weren't you gonna play soon? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, soon off of Loveless. Yep, sorry. <laughs> okay, here we go. My bad. My bad.
and of course that's my bloody valentine so what do you think of them like back in the day <clears throat> you know i'm gonna be honest I, I never really got into them yeah i can see that because and the concert i know you played felt who's also a very influential band particularly on the shoegazer yeah which i mean thousands of shoegazer bands i mean there's sure. there's still sure. hundreds today you and, know and Look, I'm not saying I never got into them as as any sort of diss. It just was not ever like I kind of missed out on them. I actually saw them live once, but I went because Yola Tango opened. Oh uh, yeah, or, we opened for them one time. We would have played on a triple bill with Super Chunk in them. Yeah, yeah, and see, I think at the time that was much more. I was into you know Pavement, of course, um, Super Chunk. Uh, Sebado, a lot of that stuff more, and and I, I kind of didn't get what they were doing at the time. I think I think now I appreciate them more than I did back then. Um, yeah, because it was well, you, you wouldn't have wanted to be on their road crew because those guys. I mean, the amount of uh, amplification. Oh my god, that was the that's the main <laughs> thing I remember. It was. Where'd you see them? Like, how big was the place? It was the Warfield in San Francisco. Oh, at least it was big. That's it was, a huge. It was cavern. big, but it was it <clears throat> yeah. was just like so fucking loud. Like I yeah, you know, no, I, it was ridiculous. It was yeah. it was punishingly loud. That's the main thing I remember. It was these sheets like. I, I could feel the music moving. It was like sheets of of chords and tones that would move and you could feel it when it would move and switch switch chord um, oh yeah like it would they would move as one and um that's the main thing i remember and 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 to me like and i appreciate them it's like i don't want to come across as as not being even a fan because i've come to later unlike me with the mountain goats <laughs> right <laughs> that's okay um, um but you know they it, I think what they were doing at the time was really more about like different sonics and it was and and like feelings more than the songs themselves uh and I kind of didn't get it well, yeah, because it's total voices instrument stuff i i mean i mean I know there's actual lyrics in there, but like the the vocals are used just as a kind of a a sort of a sweet sounding instrument above Absolutely. the discord right you know right and th that woman belinda she's got kind of a <clears throat> kind of a sweet orchestral sort of voice and um, i was around them a few times <clears throat> they're the kind of people that um you know they like unlike a person that we both you know know a bit like mike watt who's an incredibly gregarious friendly forward person they're the kind of i'm not saying they're standoff it's just one of those things where like you know it's sort of clear like in any interpersonal relationship in life like where they don't really have much to say to you so you don't have much to say to them either like <laughs> right sure other other than like great show yeah and like and that kind of makes a band intimidating to me like um especially when i was younger um either some bands that you know regardless of how happy their music was it didn't even matter like you just you could tell that you know they didn't really want to talk to you yeah. you know what i mean sure sure but i mean i understand that they're actually very nice people like deb who deb gooch who plays in thurston moore's band now is a you know really lovely sweet woman i'm sure they're very nice people but it's just like you know they're not they're not chatterboxes like myself, Mike. <laughs> Fair you know enough, I mean? Bob. I do know what you mean. I do know what you <laughs> so, mean. Um, but but thank you, thank you, because you've reminded me that I need to. I mean, I've I've since discovered. Obviously, they're huge, so it's not like I never discovered them. Um, but I, I realize, you know, obviously they've influenced so many other bands. I, I even forget that bands that I like, how much they were influenced by my, my Bloody Valentine, because now it's just, it's kind of a given. But back then in 91, it just, it sounded different from a lot of the stuff that was happening. So. Oh, yeah, no, definitely, yeah. Oh, no, I, oh, I need to, it's my wife's birthday, so happy birthday, Whitney. She's she's one of our regular listeners. Yes, I think she she's, is. Listen, she's listened to every podcast within... Um, 
36 hours and she's very kind in her reviews of your work on the podcast but she's a little bit harsher on me but you know that's she doesn't know you as well i i i uh, you know i I would imagine my wife would 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 be the same would be much much harsher i in fact i know she would be much harsher on me than she would be on you so yeah anyway anyways happy birthday whitney bless the wit happy birthday the wit she's working actually she's where she's bartending on her birthday so hopefully she's getting tipped well yeah absolutely um i'm gonna i'll put uh, this one will go out to her i don't know if she's ever heard it or not but um whitney when you listen this song is for you it's um and it's a band we were talking about uh, before the show, Bob. That y- you've not heard, which surprises me a little bit. And it, 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 it uh, I think it fits in well between my buddy Valentine and the band. Well, keep in mind that I'm deaf from seeing my buddy Valentine, well, that's, so I haven't that's really true. heard much. That's true. Um, but <laughs> but uh, this is a band like my bloody Valentine in in a different way, very influential um, and very ahead of their time. This was. Um, the United States of America, they released one album, 1968, on Columbia Records, and this song is from it. This is also released as a 7-inch, um, you know, it's... Uh, I'll let Brace it yourself, it's not peaches. I'll not let it... Peaches. No, that's the presidents of the United States. We won't talk <laughs> yeah. about that. Um, now, this is just the United States of America, 1968, the Garden of Earthly Delights is the name of this. Oh, one. yeah. Have fun. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. There you go, Bob. You know, no, that was a real treat. That's my bag there. Yeah. That was uh, that's I, a real treat. That's why I'm surprised you've never heard that record. You need to get yeah, that. I record, know. That's, that's you know one of the great things about doing this podcast, man. Like you've hooked me up with at least ten new things. That um that's an Don't album. Fit into any DJ set, man. Absolutely, and that's an album that I I got to imagine uh, your buddies from Stereo Lab were hipped to way long ago, because. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that album's so ahead of its time. 1968. You know, of course, they're contemporaries. That's my age. You know, it's actually just slightly younger than myself. <laughs> that's right. You were you were a, a wee lad running around in, in diapers when that wrapped It must have been came. fun to be twisting the knobs on that 
right. thing, you know, yeah. whatever whatever the hell that was. For I'm sure, sure it was some giant unit with all kinds of wires hanging out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. when you see those old school synthesizers from you know that era, they they're you know as big as a piano. Yeah, I mean that's a 50 year old song right there. Uh, Man, woo! Yeah, uh, that's probably really hard to buy. No, no. Come on, no. It's been reissued oh, a bunch. So I'm going to add that to the collection, Yeah, bro. no, you should. Um, it's been reissued a bunch. I actually found a copy of the original 2i version on Columbia um, at an estate sale in Portland, you know, about four or five years ago. Uh, and then I had a reissue, one of the more recent 2010, 2008, whatever, um, reissues. So... Uh, it's 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 out there. I, I sold the two I copy because um, I'm you know wasn't precious about it. But uh, and that's the United States of America. What's the name of the song again? Well, the the album is just self titled. That song is the Garden of Earthly Delights. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, check Fantastic. it. Is the whole album that good? Um, you know, it's it's not quite that epic. That's a pretty epic song. Um, yeah, it's uh, a freakier like. No, it's not quite. That's that's one of the freakier songs. Some of it's a little mellower. It's it's a little more moody and folky at times, but it's it's very definitely solid throughout, you know. And and um, she has a beautiful voice. Yeah. You don't know her name, do you? Uh, Dorothy Moskowitz, I believe, is her name. Wow, what the, a voice! The guy um, who wrote most of the songs and was kind of, I think, the main guy in the band is Joseph Bird. Uh, and they just released that one album, and then they then they just kind of parted and went their own separate ways. Um, Dorothy Moskowitz, you know, I I don't know if she ever really ended up playing in anything else. Um, I guess she's performed with Country Joe and the Fish. But, oh, weird. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about her, but uh, that record, amazing, solid stuff. Solid yeah, no, it's cool. I'm going to take us from L.A. all the way over to the continental Europe. Uh, the legendary Pink Dots. You know them, right? I do. I do. But they're a band that I've only heard a little bit because they were so intimidating just from a sheer volume of material standpoint. I never knew where to start. Yes, exactly. I mean, like, yeah, they're a real law unto themselves band. Like, they are kind of their own, sort of in a way, like um, um, the X, a band I know you love mm-hmm. for sure, and and uh, Dogface Herman's that whole that sort of like you know heavily political genre. Also, like, kind of mostly Dutch based. This is a band that started. Legendary Pink Dots started in 1980 in in London, and then relocated to Amsterdam, and then I, I'm pretty sure they've settled in Nijmegen, which is a kind of a hip college town in, in Holland where, or the Netherlands, where you always play um, when you go on tour there. And um, just like Groningen, um, the Netherlands is a very hip music country. Sure. And um, 41 albums these dudes made. And I understand you mentioned that the uh, the leader of the project made one recently. Yeah, Edward Cospell. I think he just mm-hmm. put out a, a record. You know, and they were doing solo stuff and releasing things left and right, um, you know, for years. They've been, they've been, when was their first album? No, nah, early 80s. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had friends who were just like, you know how some people are like obsessed with, the dead, you know, and or the, no, fall, or the fall, or the fall. I, I had a friend who was just like so completely obsessed with the legendary Pink Dots, and uh, that's uh, so crazy because I had a friend that was all, was similarly obsessed with the legendary Pink Dots, Throbbing Gristle, yeah, nur- Nurse with Wound. Did you ever listen to them? Yeah, nurse l- with a wound. little bit. You know, this is it's it's interesting tonight. You're playing a bunch of songs from from bands and artists that I'm familiar with but we're always on the periphery like i i i would enjoy when i heard but like they never quite scratched the itch that uh that i needed at the time so oh we're on the same boat with legendary pink pink dots and i've always been on the periphery as well like you know i've always like they've kind of been in the background oh what was that oh that was cool like 
you know, like look at it and then like, you know, they're the kind of band that you don't really stumble upon in record stores either. Right. You know what I mean? No. You have so to, they're a band unless you're shopping out. in Amsterdam, you right? Know, or, right. Or they're, London, or you know. But um, anyways, I'm going to go to 1991. This is actually one of their more familiar albums, one of their more famous albums called "The Maria Dimension," and this is a song with some. Um, the lyrics are pretty amazing. Maybe I'll read some passages after the song. They're, they're sort. It's it's an anti-religion song mm. or anti-Christianity song of sorts, <clears throat> but. Um, it's called A Third Secret by the very odd and incredibly prolific Legendary Pink Dots.
Legendary Pink Tots. So, Bob, so it's a song that you didn't expect to have like a, a saxophone solo coming at the end. No, or Ave Maria at the end. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the lyrics are 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 the new martyrs swinging in the wind, the dead eyes searching for messiahs and the stars, the bodies carrying the scars of no confession, no concession, no sympathy. Things like uh, uh, maybe there'll be a vision of messiahs and the stars. Now all confess and make a wish. The priest is passing around the dish. Our ladies selling tissues for the tears for all the years of blessed rape in the name of our sweet Lord. Wow. <clears throat> heavy so, stuff. Heavy vibes. Heavy vibes so, on the Maria dimension. So let me let me ask you this. So you said you're, you never were a huge fan. What made you decide to bring not just a song from the legendary Pink Dots, but that, that particular song tonight? Oh, um, my, well, my friend Ken Ganfield, I remember would, you know, always put on legendary pink dots and we played Scrabble right around the time that album was released, like by early twenties. Okay. And that would always be played. And I was like, oh, you know, I should, I should pick out a legendary pink dot song. So I went through and listened to about 15 and, and a lot of them are about eight to 10 minutes long, a lot of brilliant ones. So, right. you know, okay. I don't want to consume the whole podcast. That's okay. With, uh- and it's, you know. If I'm going to play like a, I mean, a hell, the My Buddy Valentine song I played, which is actually one of, not the difficulties I have with that band, not to go back with, was, um, you know, and I've, you know, obviously, I just, I just, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't like really long songs generally. <clears throat> I think if a song's really long, and it's, it better be really great. Yeah. Okay. Well, you, it's funny you mentioned that on one of the earliest episodes. You talked about the th- mm-hmm. beauty of the three minute form. Yeah, that's gone now. Yeah, well, yeah. it's okay. Although there are some cool bands, like um, that band Post Pink I played for Baltimore in the last show. Yeah. And there's this band, um, GSP, um, that Toby Vale from Bikini Kills in. All their songs are like... So you see like a lot of bands doing like a lot of 90-second songs again. Yeah, right. Well, which is cool. So there's a lot of songs that the kids are doing today between like 90 seconds and and then you get that group and then you get... You know, you're four and like tons of four and a half minute songs. Yeah. I don't even know how it works, but you like, you have to be conscious of the listener. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whether it's like, uh, I, you know, obviously, I think when most people make music, they think about the people that come to their shows or the people that are going to buy their seven inch or whatever. And um, I just think if you're making a five minute song, then it better be pretty awesome. I don't know. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. No, I'm not a songwriter, so I, 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 can't, I can't imagine, like, finding a groove and, like, writing a song and being like, this is awesome, and then, like, realizing that, you know, after playing it over and over again and then recording it, like, oh, no, it's, like, four minutes and 20 seconds or whatever, or five minutes and 18 seconds. I mean, if I think, like, you know... My, you know, probably my favorite album of all time, if I had to name one, is Entertainment by Gang of Four. Okay, yeah. and aside aside from Anthrax, sure, those are all like two and a half to three and a half minute songs, or like right. even like um, Boys Don't Cry by The Cure. Like, right. you know, th- those are all like three minute songs. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, who knows? Yeah, and you know, even the bands. I mean, I, you know, Pavement would overindulge, but I think it's funny. You know, um. You know what he was really digging, what he was doing on the guitar. You know, Stephen. So the, the Jicks, I think their songs tend to be a lot longer. But who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Who knows? Who but yes, yeah, so the, the legendary Pink Dots. I listened to a lot of them this week during the last seventy-two hours, and you know, I realized that they have a lot of great songs. But there's a lot of like eight-minute average songs. Yeah. You know, like I mean, you know, a band like Can, like you know, there's a lot of that. And, you know, I think that Legendary Pink Dots have gotten lumped in with that genre with Faust and Noi and, and um, you know, prog rock bands. And um, a lot of that music is, you know, it's a, it's a listen. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's not just you put it on in the background and do the dishes. It's, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, it could be on in the background, but, like, you're not going to, like, make a playlist of it. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, you can, I mean, sure. like, it's just like, it's, it's just a different kind of listening. Sure. It's a, it's, it's a vibe more than a, a song. Well, 
I think the attention span too is like way different back then. Um, 60s, 70s, 80s. I've obviously the first two songs I've played are, are from '91, but um, you know, with this the attention span of the average listener today is shorter. I don't. It's I don't know. It's a weird conversation. I'm just talking yeah, out of both sides yeah. of my mouth. I I I kind of hear you. I think I think what you're saying is that a lot of the stuff that would happen over the side of an album is now happening in, within a song. So paradoxically you'd have shorter songs that would make up a listen of a, a record side, but now that might happen within a four-and-a-half or five-and-a-half-minute-long song because that's how music is consumed more these days. It's in- I just don't know like how many times I'll buy an album, new or old, and when you're putting the needle on the record for the first time, you do look at, you know how fat that song is right. on the vinyl sure. and then you put it on and you're like this sounds really awesome and i love this and then and then then you're like let's end it let's end the thing you know let's end it <laughs> it should end i don't know i'm yeah. speaking you know again like always on this program i'm only speaking for myself that's that's okay that's okay <clears throat> you know and i think like you know you hear all these people that are like whether they're engineers or producers or mixers or like whatever it's like i think that's like a kind of a major part of their job is editing it's like you see a lot of movies these days which are really great movies and they're two hours and 10 minutes long and you walk out of the movie and and you're like man like that that should have been like regardless of what you're doing that should have been like 25 minutes shorter right you know what i'm saying sure sure yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, the Super Bowl you. tomorrow will be a five-hour game. <laughs> <laughs> well, have fun. Uh, yeah. I, I probably won't watch any of it. So. Yeah. Uh, well, you know. It's okay. That's okay. I'll watch it. I'll watch it out of force of habit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. Well, you're talking about length of songs. I'm going to shorten it up again. Uh, I'm going to go under two, under three, just a little over two, and I'm going to go back to L.A. Uh, I started in L.A. You went overseas. Oh, you're, sa- you're saving the French, um, the the fresh French artist for last. I am. I'm going to end the show with her, but uh, but I'm going to. Lou Lou Doyon. Lou Doyon will be who preview, we end show with. Preview. Yes. Uh, you're going to go. You're going to go P rock on us then. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm going to do a little punk rock, but this is uh, this is like you know upbeat, like happy punk rock sort of. I don't know. Uh, I always I love these guys. 1978, this seven inch came out. Um, they were not that well known LA band. Uh, I think they've maybe gotten a little attention since then, but uh, they're still relatively unknown when you think of LA punk. Uh, and they were Mexicans. They were Mexican, you know, like I don't know if they were born in, in LA or not, but they were um, they were a band of, of Mexican kids. Um, doing really good punk rock, the Zeros. This one's um, I don't know. I got a couple couple that I love, but this one might be my favorite. It's uh, it's beat your heart out by the Zeros. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah. 
You ever Chula heard that? Vista. Chula Vista. Chula Vista. You ever heard them before? I've heard of them. I'm, you know, and I, I may have. Yeah. But I'm, you know, no, I can't say I've heard that particular song. Now, obviously, you know, they were kind of an L.A. Ramones. Yeah, yeah, the Mexican L.A. Ramones. I think is is even at the time sort of what they were considered. But uh, it's just a fun okay. One band. gig, one gig where we weren't. Okay, one gig where we weren't in 1977. Okay, yep. The band who just played the Zeros <clears throat> played a huge show at Orpheum Theater in L.A. Okay. Okay. Opening the show was the first ever performance by the Germs, followed by the Zeros, and then the Weirdos. <laughs> that's a lot of punk rock, man. That is a lot of that punk is rock. Like, that's like two and a half hours of punk rock wizardry. Yeah, for sure. You, you, in uh, like probably in one minute and a half songs. Yeah, freaky. It must have been a freaky scene. Like, yeah. It's a shame that nobody filmed that. Right. Absolutely. You ever see, uh, well, obviously, you, you never saw the germs. You ever see the weirdos? No. Do you? Yeah, I saw them uh, open for the cramps one year. On, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You've talked about that cramp show. Now, where was this Halloween. again? This was in San Francisco on Halloween. The weirdos opened. The cramps played. Uh, Were you dressed up or did no. you go as Mike Hogan? No, I was such a nerd. I just went no, as Mike no, Hogan. No, 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 no. It was cool not to wear a costume. I in guess. fact, I, I, I don't know. One year in Louisville, I took a lot of abuse for like living there for four or five years and going to these Halloween because Louisville have, would have great Halloween rock shows, usually usually featuring you know Bo Deco and King Kong and bands like that. And um, I got a bunch of crap for saying, "How come you never like wear a costume? You come to these things, you never wear a costume. Like, who do you think you are? Like, you think you're big enough? Like that you don't have to wear a costume and like." So I looked in the corner of the room, and, and um, there was a bicycle helmet. So I put on a bicycle helmet, and I went as a cyclist, which could be the dumbest Halloween costume of all time. I was just, like, <laughs> in it with a flannel and jeans on or whatever with a bicycle helmet on. And I found that it was very handy throughout the course of the night because um, I didn't have to worry about bumping my head. And I thought about wearing a bicycle helmet all the time because I bumped my head a lot. But I thought that that's a really stupid idea. No, so I, I have an even dumber. The dumbest Halloween costume ever was the one that I did one one year. I had to work that day, and there was a party, and it was after work. I think I probably got off work around 8 or 9 or something like that. And I stopped on the way home, or not on the way home. I went straight to the party. Stopped on the way to the party and picked up a pumpkin. Um, <laughs> And, Always a good move. And I went into the kitchen and said, you know, can I can I have a knife? And I found a the biggest knife I could find, cut out the bottom of it, and then cut out all the guts and cut out eye holes and a mouth hole and, and plop the thing on my head with the the uh the you know, like the handle, the top of the pumpkin sticking up at the top of and and course i didn't what, did you drink your beer with a straw? I, I guess. I don't even remember. I, I didn't do it for very long because it's really soggy in there and the pumpkin is, yeah even well, without yeah. the guts the pumpkin is incredibly heavy on your head so oh, i was gonna say you've got a really strong neck like a, yeah so dumbest <laughs> costume ever don't try it at home um well you taught me you taught me <laughs> wait wait Anyways, the person on that band, you said they're a Mexican band. Yeah. Of course, L.A. is a Mexican city. Sure. Especially Chula Vista and yep. San Pedro and places like that. But the person is Javier Escovedo. is the younger brother of the, the famous guitar wizard Alejandro Escovedo, who's still going, going strong. And then uh, Robert Lopez, whose name is sort of, you know, normal in Mexican terms, but he was nicknamed, as you said, Elvez. Elvez. Well, he... He performed as Elvis, the Mexican Elvis, where he was he was a, yeah, yeah. an Elvis impersonator. This was after the Zeros. He was an Elvis impersonator. He released some albums and Seven Inches. Um, Elvis as Elvis, yeah. And so he was he was the Elvis, uh, the Mexican Elvis, and would play Elvis songs in Spanish. So, uh, well, not to leave out the bass player Hector Penalosa or the drummer Baba Chanel. I mean, like. Punk rock. These guys all went to high school together. What yeah. great punk rock names! Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're just a so, fun band. They're they're, they're yeah. We'll try out. to find a good picture of them to put on the Twitter page. All right. <laughs> Deal. But uh, 
I'm going to take us to a very dark place. Um, I mentioned my wife, Wit, earlier, and it's, it's her birthday. This is a, a song that she, and a band that she actually turned me on to, even though I was aware of them in the 90s, because they were playing a lot of the same venues um, that I was playing in. And, and it's a, a kind of a sad story of a guy from Northern Virginia that um, he was in a bunch of bands. Um, their names escape me at this point, but he finally decided he moved back to Richmond. This is Sparkle Horse, Mark Linkus. And um, he uh, and Sparkle Horse developed a huge following, which is a fantastic thing that happened in England and, and Europe. And they became a especially big critics favorite and had a big following overseas. And um, this is, and he was, we've, you've played, we've played a lot of tragic artists. This is a guy that really struggled um, with drug and alcohol addiction um, to the point where at one point he was on tour with Radiohead and he got himself so messed up that he nearly died and his legs didn't work for a long time. So he was in a wheelchair for a while. And, um, eventually in Knoxville, he was still floating around like in the 2009, 2010, not doing particularly well. And, um, he, he killed himself in 2010. <clears throat> um, but along the way during his 40, about the same age as us now, like late 48 years on the planet, he made some brilliant music. And, uh, this is a, a good example of that. This is It's a Wonderful Life by Sparkle Horse. Thank you, Bob. I haven't heard that in a while. 
Yeah, it, he was he was really good friends with Vic Chestnut. Right. And um, who I've played on. It's funny. I played him on the show when you were not on the show. I played him when when my buddy Jack Houston subbed for you when you were when you were gone around Thanksgiving. And Jack, uh, coincidentally enough, is a huge Sparkle Horse fan as well, and was pretty unfamiliar with with Vic Chestnut. So I I played a Vic Chestnut song for him. Um, and then he was also a good buddies with Daniel Johnson. You'll relate to this. He yeah. actually. As a project, he he made a really great Daniel Johnson tribute album where a lot of really cool artists cover Daniel Johnson songs. I forget the name of it right now, but it's it's really good along the lines of your um, Minutemen uh, tribute record. Uh, same type of thing, cool. you know, where a huge project and yeah. Um, but uh, Clean obviously a a guy that suffered terribly from clinical depression and, and uh, wrote a lot of great music. And uh, I want to give a shout out to my man, Stephen Kramer. He's a guy from Athens, Georgia, uh, that, that suffers from depression that started a, a festival. And can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. It started a festival in Athens this year called brain aid and, um, put together a, a sort of an amazing festival, with all kinds of, bands and poets and stuff and i didn't get to go um although he kindly invited me and he's he, he did really well and he's gonna have a brain aid la so check it out uh, uh brain aid um it's kind of a wonderful cause yeah absolutely uh, and um uh, a fine young chap from athens georgia that's pouring his heart and soul into uh uh, debilitating mental problems and, and raising money for them. And he, he obviously um, suffers quite a bit himself. And, and uh, Brain Aid has been a very encouraging uh, aspect of of his uh, adult life. So That's great because it's a topic, too, that is not talked about enough. There's a stigma still, even in this day. Around well, as music discussing. fans, too, like, you know, we don't, you know... We don't, you know, we don't, we love the music, but we don't know how much these people are, are suffering. Like even yeah. the, um, I never knew that the woman from the Cranberries had terrible psychological problems until she died. Right. You know. Right. Denise O'Riordan. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of. It's, it's, it's just not talked about because it's not encouraged to talk about, you know, people, people, even well-meaning people will tell you just to, you know, oh, suck it up, be happy. And so it's it's good that that uh, we're now able to start having more of a conversation around it as a as a society. So yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to end things on uh, a, a little bit of a different note. Maybe it's a little up. Maybe I don't know. Uh, but we're going to go back overseas. We're going to go to France. You kind of tipped it. We're, we're going to play a song by a woman, she's younger, she was born in the 80s, I think, uh, early 80s maybe. Um, Very young for this program tonight. It is, yeah, I mean, she was born after, she was born after both of the songs I played earlier, so that's for sure, Uh, and this is from her debut record that came out in 2012, Um, the the album's called Places, and her name is Lou Doyon. I think it's Lou Doyon. Lou Doyon. She's the daughter of Jacques Doyon, who's a um, a film director, and uh, Jane Birkin, who is a a singer and actress, and and the mother of another woman I played on this show recently, Charlotte Gainsbourg. Who's uh, pretty famous. Who's quite famous, and of course is the daughter of Serge Gainsbourg. Um, So this this is... the half sister and probably less obviously less famous half sister of Charlotte Gainsbourg, but I think just it's as a talented. great great French French female artist with a tremendous hockey name. Yeah, yeah, Lou Doyon. <laughs> she can, she can right. be playing you know center for the for the uh, Maple Leafs tonight. That's, that's right. Said, that's yeah. right. Um, <laughs> but uh, this album came out uh, almost six years ago now. When it came out, I stumbled upon it and um, really, just really enjoyed it. You know, she's just got, uh, I think, a really good sense of songwriting. And it's uh, kind of epic, but also, I don't know, uh, relatable. So um, 
The song's called I See. Well, we'll all be the judge of that. Okay, I'm sure, I'm sure you will. This one's called <laughs> I See You, like just the letters I see in you, but uh, but it's, you know, she's she's doing a little bit of a pun. Um, Lou Doyon on Three Songs Pod. Enjoy. Awesome. Thank you. I wake up some mornings. Thank God not as often as I used to. Slow and heavy. From dreams with you You found a way back in Once again my long lost friend Funny to see that after all these years I miss you the same So I drag myself To the corner cafe and for a second I see you there Like in the good old days And I wonder what you're doing What are you up to these days? I sometimes wish you would call me But then I wouldn't know what to say And I see you in every cab that goes by In the strangers At every crossroad In every bar I see you In every cab that goes by In the strangers At every crossroad In every bar Settle down For your shadow to stop Following me around I find myself walking back To all the places we knew Dreaming and wishing To somehow run into you And of course I wonder does it happen to you? Does my ghost ever come looking for you? Cause all that's left now are my dreams and memories But I'm glad you came through my life and put your stain on me In every cab that goes by in the strangers at every crossroad in every bar and I see you in every cab that goes by in the strangers at every crossroad in every bar Lou Doyon. It's very pretty. Yeah, it's just yeah, gonna, it's it, another it, another one with a beautiful voice. She does, and she, it's there's something. I mean, it's of course very produced, but it's um, there's something very. You know, a lot of people would kill to have that song. Personal, yeah. <coughs> it's very like, I don't know. I I I just that album came out, and um, I just found myself playing it a bunch of times around the time it came out. Really enjoy that record. Seems like music for a for a uh, New York City commute. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, I guess. Um, music Real for an, chill. It's very chill. Well, that's true. Music for a New York City commute has to be somewhat loud because you get um, you get uh, other stray noises that end up uh, yeah, finding their way. And stuff. <laughs> but do you um, like? Do, now, do you when you make this commute every day? Because I believe you said it's about forty-five minutes to an hour in each direction, right? Yep. Trains and buses. Usually just train and then walking. Um, okay. Do you have? Do you use the earbuds or do you just go ahead and just the earbuds? Yeah. And so you listen to music. What percentage of the time on the commute? Most of the time. <coughs> oh, yeah. okay. Most yeah. of the time, I'll throw on whatever. Usually, what I'll do is I'll load up um, either stuff that I know I want to play eventually on the show or stuff that I no, I haven't listened to enough or and or old favorites that I want to revisit. And then I'll, I'll load up like, I don't know, <clears throat> 10 albums maybe onto my iPhone. And then just, I almost always listen on shuffle. So I don't, know, yeah. I don't know what's coming. Do you so. find yourself zoning out when you listen to music on the commute? Like, Not really. I mean, some people like, almost fall asleep and some people do fall asleep on the tr- I, I can't understand how you could be so like okay with your surroundings on an f train with, with like hundreds of people in the same car as you and you you're so chill that your actually eyes are closed and you're asleep um oh well, there's a few times when when i was a bus driver in that city where i would be so exhausted from late night annex and bus driving that I would fall asleep on the train and I'd end up it it way, way past on the path train. I'd right. end up in Newark on an abandoned train. <laughs> well, I can get the late night antics part of it. I'm talking about like heading to work at like, you know, eight in the morning and people are sleeping. It just seems We are generally past the late night antics era of your life. <laughs> I yeah, I am. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, that's okay. All right. That's all right. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes we have to grow up, you know, and I'm still looking forward to that day, Mike. But uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, perhaps I'll see you on Monday night. Yeah, and, uh, let's do it. This was a fun yeah. one. Uh, yeah, we, we were all over the map tonight. All, all over, over the map. all over the world, all over the musical map. Um, yeah. S- send uh, send birthday wishes to Whitney for me. Hope she doesn't oh, yeah. have to She'll work. She'll be home tonight. in a few minutes. All right beautiful yeah all right thank you sir and so there uh, will be some late night annex <laughs> uh, hurricane wits about to blow in <laughs> fantastic all right, all right. All right. Have a, uh, give uh, teddy marie my best and i'll talk to you soon all right thank you sir all right <laughs>